Our podcast episode 297. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I'm joined live by Alex Shock. Live! Yes, finally. <laughs> I sound so bad on the other ones. Yes. Yes, you did. Man. You still sound bad, though. Oh. <laughs> We're also joined by, oh, Justin Chow. I'm also here. Thank what? you for remembering my name. I did. You what, did. What's up, guys? No Liz this week. Sorry, no everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe next week. Yeah. But we will, you know, she's here in spirit. We think about her. You say that every time. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are live. We are live. Everybody's healthy. Alex, COVID-free. COVID-free. Yes. It's been a week, two weeks now. That was a weird experience. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really expect to get it, and then you get it. You see the positive tests. You're like, damn. Shit. Yeah, it's like this. It, it feels I'm weird. <laughs> like this is the thing that everyone's scared about. It's and. Like- you it's know, like freeze it, tag. It's yeah. like, ah, I didn't think I was going to get it, but you, I fucking got it. You know, you survive for two years without it, and, and then there it's just it there. Is. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm back to normal, so. That's was, awesome. Was it rough? Was it hard? Was it difficult? Uh, you know, I've heard for a lot of people, it's like they get a headache and they're good. Uh, for me, I had, the first day I had a fever and I was out. Yeah. And then I, I got like 20% better every day. Hmm. So the next couple of days were still... Like Maybe. I wasn't feeling great. Yeah. Um, but by the beginning of the next week, I started. You know, I was feeling more myself. And but no nice. loss of smell or taste. No, and I, I heard that's not with Omicron. It's not that doesn't happen mm. as much. Um, I feel like there's been weird stuff going on with my senses, just mm-hmm. in general. But it hasn't been like a loss of anything. So. Yeah. I mean, it's also winter, and we're in New Jersey, so it's yeah. like every morning I woke up, I cracked open that peanut butter, though, and I was like, "Is it here?" <laughs> oh my god! You know what's funny? Every oh, now and funny. again, like I kind of subconsciously do that. Like even today, I was like, Ellie and I made dinner, and I was sitting there, and we had this like salsa or something on the table, and I was just like, just slowly pick it up, just to smell it. And I'm like, "Yeah, that smells good." And like in my mind, I'm just like. Am I the crazy one? <laughs> Am I the only there, one? There were a few times, times where I thought I couldn't smell it, and your heart like skips a beat a second. <laughs> then you then you have to really run over the peanut butter, and, yeah, then, yeah. and you're stepping into your nose, and you're yeah, like, oh no. my gosh! But it's no, funny. it was. I mean, it wasn't fun. Um, but I'm all boosted, and I think if I wasn't, I don't. I don't know. You never know. But yeah. I'm glad that I survived and I got out of it. Yeah, yeah. I. I think 90% of the people uh, in my circles of whatever friends, networks, connections basically got six in the last like two to four weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like it all happened. It all really at the same broke time. through. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're glad that you're back. We're glad that you're healthy. That Thanks. is the most important thing. Uh, Justin, you've been doing fine. Yeah. I mean, I've been okay. We yeah. finally got to exchange gifts today. I, I know. know. It's like Christmas just keeps on giving Liz. Yeah. <laughs> except for Liz. I'm still mo- waiting to give her stuff. Like most excited to give Liz her present. <laughs> yeah, I've got something. I made something for her too. So um, I didn't make her anything. Nah. But I think she I think she'll think what I got her is cute. Hopefully. We'll see. Hmm. Um Yeah, guys. So it's been a uh, a banger of a week as far as news is concerned. We'll have, we only have two major stories that we're going to dig into. Mm-hmm. Uh but before we get started, tell me about your life. Tell me about what's going on and uh tell me, most importantly. What you've been playing, Alex? Uh, so, well, last week, last week, last week, I was playing that game Chorus. Yes. Um, and as it happens, for the, the trend recently is I've been playing games. I come on the podcast and then I sit down to play it that night and I beat it. Like oh, I'm wow. always right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did it have a climactic finish? So it actually had a really good end, like final mission. You know nice. how sometimes those are big letdowns? Yeah, yeah. Just like, well. I won't spoil it's a pretty new game, so I won't spoil it, but I mean it had this like grand battle and this it just felt really they brought all the mechanics together that they introduced throughout the game. Hmm. Um yeah, I thought it, it ended pretty strong. I mean, it's an above average game and uh you know, I really liked it. So recommend for people who love sci fi open world games. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's super underground right now. It's it's so weird that, that game got like literally no press like at all totally bizarre solid game yeah. uh i'd recommend it's a, i think it's only 40 dollars right now and it'll probably go down even more there you go um and then i uh, you know just picking up games to pass the time uh i started playing outer wilds oh Ooh. yeah ali played that which i had started to play a long time ago and just dropped off really early and then picked it up again it's a it's a crazy and weird 
different game. It's like procedurally generated sort of FTL kind of game, right? It is not that. It is um, okay. It is a, a time loop game, mm. and it's an exploration game. Okay. So you start. You always start on this one planet, and you get into your. You hop into your ship. You put on your gear, and you take off. And there's all these. There's a tiny solar system. Okay. I, and you're. You have to solve this mystery of what's going on. And every planet that you go to has clues. And there's different branching storylines that you can explore. Oh, so there's like time resets, but you remember what yeah. you did. So and okay. then you advance each of the storylines. It's like, oh, you should maybe check out this planet and go here and do this. And it will unlock this, or it'll advance this, or you'll discover what's happening here. That's kind of cool. Um, and so there's characters, and all the the exploration and the flying around in space is really cool, and just the way you move around. Uh, and then, yeah, after a certain amount of time, the sun explodes, and you're, like, doing your thing, or you're, you're adventuring, or you're discovering something new, and you look up, and you just see, like, the sky going dark, and mm. then, or the sky getting bright, and it just... <laughs> totally enveloping you yeah and it's a weird there's a weird existential feeling to this game (laughs) of like death is coming and uh like a majora's mask like finite finality feeling yeah and it does a good job of enhancing that with the music and the atmosphere like it feels very ominous it's just like an ominous and innocent at the same time you know this very like exploring a dark world kind of thing interesting what's Um, this game called again Outer Wilds. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was, was big a couple years ago. It's, it came out around the same time as Outer Worlds. Yeah, I yes. was just, I thought you were playing Outer Worlds, but I was like, no, you fucking play that I game. I know. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it was up for Game of the Year on certain, yeah. on certain websites. I think it's an indie game. Yeah, I think, I think it might have won some best indie game stuff the year that it came out. I can't remember, though. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it flew under the radar, but everyone who's played it has said it's a, like, must play. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it is on Game Pass, and really no excuse not to play it and just try it out mm. um and it's been fun just like going to these different weird little worlds like you know steering my ship and landing it and then hopping out and going on all these little adventures and trying not to die because it's pretty easy to die yeah um or just find yourself stranded in space like there's just funny weird things that happen that you uncover so very cool while we're waiting for this explosive february uh it's been fun to sort of poke around at these games that I thought about doing Psychonauts and I thought about doing uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just it's for some whatever reason those have been tough sells for me. Yeah, and I installed Deathloop, and then I started playing Outer Wilds. <laughs> <laughs> Deathloop's good. I mean, it won't. It wouldn't take you so long. I mean, it's it's nineteenth today, so you could definitely start and finish Deathloop before February starts for sure. I'm hoping I can finish Outer Wilds. Does it feel like there's a definitive end there? You are working towards something. Okay. And I'm making progress every playthrough. Okay. Uh, so if uh, history tells us anything, you'll beat it tonight. <laughs> I, I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm sure there's a lot of weird and secret stuff to uncover, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm sure I'll be able to finish it and then maybe hop on Deathloop, but very cool. Yeah, I've been enjoying that. How about you, Justin? I've been falling into my old, like, early 20s mm, gaming habits where I'm... I feel like it was that stupid mobile Ragnarok Origins game that got me into it. And then my friend selfishly buying me uh, two months past to Final Fantasy fourteen. Have you started playing? I have. And oh, I've, I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen just because I feel kind of, like, indebted and also a little guilty. There's a guilt trip involved. But at the same time, as I'm getting into it, I'm like cool like talking to all these people i've never talked to before again and i'm talking to people that i remember from like years ago that i haven't talked to in so long yeah and you mean real people real npcs like oh hey yeah exactly shop owner (laughs) (laughs) it's weird though because i remember you mentioning this to me you were like npcs just matter to you way more than i think anybody else does and it's like i think that's true weirdly enough i'm like seeing all these other people in this video game and it like creates a weird sense of immersion although they're like weirdly running into walls and like it looks janky as fuck but still i don't know what it is it's just f14 is great weirdly enough i saw the uh time card go on sale at one point and i did buy a time card i haven't started playing though um i figured when i'm getting a new computer next week so i was like well, I gotta, I gotta play something yeah. on this computer. You know what I mean, dude? Like, I've been doing know. like the dungeons, and I totally forgot that the dungeons are actually fun. What Every, level are you? I'm like 
level 40 something oh yeah okay so you're you're in like a good ways into it only for like gladiator though because i really only like sword and shield class. that's fine but uh that's great you probably queue so, so fast i do it's great you know? isn't this this is the final fantasy game we played last year right on playstation or something you didn't played we, on playstation didn't yeah. we all start for yep. a hot second yep okay did we I've, I've played it a bunch. Like I, I know I, you have. I don't I remember we you did. playing. I thought place. we jumped in I be, for. I forget why. Maybe. I very clearly remember playing with you briefly. You know we might have played twice together. And like, you were like, "This is an MMO." And yeah. I'm like, "Yes." yes. Yeah. And you were it's like, hardcore. That's MMO. it for me. I'm, it was yeah. so overwhelming yeah. to drop in and just see all the names, and you're running around and figuring out where to go, and yeah. there's people the maps, everywhere. The map sucks donkey dick like it's just the map is so bad if you're trying to figure out where to go it's like you have to click through three levels of a map to find out like what connects to what very bad it's my least favorite part of mmos yeah like is the map or is is the beginning yeah Yeah. and anything a game can do especially an mmo that's like 15 years down the line oh my god i know so take away those barriers and take things off my hud yeah (laughs) you know just make like just make it a little bit easier yeah uh because it's I hate that feeling of just feeling like I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that I have already done that work. So yeah, if right. I go exactly. Revisit Planet Final Fantasy 14. I can just like, you know, fuck around. I will say there was something in the very beginning of Final Fantasy 14 when I did start it before before this current stint, right? Where when I walked in, like you go to these towns and like. Square Enix does a really good job with making cities feel amazing. Like you're walking through these villages or these towns and whatnot, and everything feels very like intentional i guess what, is the what word city where you in? honestly it's the main big city that, yeah, yeah. That, that one I, that one was amazing or the other, no, that one um old doll is in thanalan uh okay so there's three of them that i really love it was the one where there's the big castle in the middle and you kind of like go through this that's whole Uldal. yeah and then all these names are stupid though in front of it then there's granadia or whatever yeah the forest village uh, amazing so beautiful and then the third one that i really love is the the, sh- the dock one the fishing village yeah i can't remember what that so one's fucking cool and yeah. you're just like looking around at all these people just like living their life and when i say people i mean like literal npcs he started NPCs, in Uldal, pe- right uh, that's a, that's a yeah. hometown. Yeah. yeah, I think the dragoons start in the the fish. The granite. I think no, they're in the uh, the. I think they're in the 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 forest one. I oh, yeah, like the archers and stuff. Yeah, but uh, maybe I don't know. Anyway, long story short, though, uh, revisiting the world where I get to see like a bunch of people like literally standing in a circle just chatting with each other. Limsa Lomensa. That's it. That's what I said. I'll meet you in Lomensa. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm slowly getting enamored by mmos again which i know that that is a dark and very it's like a an addiction we uh we lost uh justin to guild wars 2 for a while dude i didn't play anything but guild wars 2 that game i've clocked and i have like the record it's like 2900 hours or something like that maybe this is like you know this is your exercise in self-control it's it's showing like you can you can live here but you don't have to live here yeah (laughs) right i got you that coin use it that's a, uh, one yo, more uh, level, so, one, more, yeah, so, one more game or something. Yeah. So uh, Alex for Christmas got me a really cool acrylic coin where you flip it and it says go to bed or the other side says one more game. And I'm <laughs> like, Jesus, uh, so perfect. But uh, anyway, that's what I've been playing so far. What have you been playing, nice. Justin? So my my games lately have been pretty uh, uh, typical, I'd say. My first one, the last podcast I was talking about how I started that game, Outriders, yeah, uh, and I have since successfully hate played my way through the oh rest of that God. game. You're the worst. That game is terrible. <laughs> I don't know. So I really generic. I can't even deal with it. Like, I don't know how you hate play games. I don't know either, dude. I have a real problem. Um, but I finished it, platinumed it. You finished it? I one hundred. I one hundred percent of that game. This man oh has like God. an encyclopedic knowledge of all games, good yeah. and bad. Yeah, it's not a. It's a great man. One hundred percenting outriders. One. That's yeah. tough. Well, the, here's the thing. One of the podcasts that I listened to, uh, one of the guys who talks on it was like, "Oh yeah, this this was my favorite like experience for the year." And to me, I'm like, what? "How is that possible? Like, <laughs> how is that possible?" And then when I played through this, I was like, "This guy is out of his mind. Like he's got, like it just is so shocking to me that this could be somebody's favorite game because it is so." painfully generic it's insane so the silver lining to this is after i finished playing that game i was like okay i deserve i deserve to play something that i like you know i'm 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 treating myself now to something that's not going to take too much time i can just indulge in for a minute um 
through a number of different sales and like holiday gift cards and stuff, I ended up getting a bunch of weird games in the last couple of weeks. Um, one of which was the Spyro Reignited Trilogy, which is uh, Activision's reboot. It's like a remake of all of the original uh, Spyro games. Cool. And it's great. So I'm really enjoying that. And then uh, Allie and I have been feverishly playing. Like when we're playing with our son and he like, you know, is trying to like chill in his chair or whatever for a little bit. We pick <laughs> up, uh, you know, yeah. he's the king of video games for a reason. It's like those games are just fun. Like, they always they're... hit very steady, consistent highs, I think. Yeah, every level. Like I haven't hit a single level where I was like, that level sucks. It's like mm. every level is good. Every mm. level is good. And like all the power-ups are interesting and fun. And this one, they added an acorn where you can become a flying squirrel. What? It's great. Mm. It's awesome. Love that it. sounds great. It's awesome. It's <laughs> Not the tanuki suit. Not no. the tanuki suit. So it's absolutely great. I've been enjoying that. Obviously still on the analog pocket a bunch. I finished uh, Castlevania 2 Simon's Revenge, mm. which is an original Game Boy game. Uh, so that was fun. But that's kind of been my cycle. Right now I'm just indulging in, in this fun I, game. I have been really enjoying Final Fantasy Tactics and Golden Sun again on pocket. I think I mentioned that last week. But yeah. Tactics specifically, I'm like getting into my weird habits of where I'm like reading up build guides for specific characters. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I really like this game. You know what's funny? I also, so in this cycle of buying, a, like like getting these games on sale, the sales for the last couple of weeks have been just nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got Spyro, I needed to hit a shipping minimum with GameStop. So I also <laughs> picked up the Game of the Year edition of uh, Near Automata, which Ooh. I have in- intended to replay that game for like a long time because like, God, it's just so fucking good. Yeah. Um, and it's also a game that I didn't platinum back in the day, so like I, I feel like I want to oh, wow. kick that one over the finish line. Surprising. Yeah. Well, that game hit different, and I hate using that term, but like yeah. it really did. Um, so that the the initial gameplay experience I had with it kind oh, of exists in right. its own space because it ends where it like it ends yeah it like yeah. ends and you're like well if i play it again then it kind of ruins my last exactly yeah. and i think enough time has passed now where I, I think i can go back in and, and enjoy that, that makes uh, sense. in a fresh way so i picked up that and then i'm curious if you guys have played any of these other three games that i picked up so one of these games is two games in one uh the south park games stick of truth and fractured butthole uh, did you play those games i did play fractured butthole for a while yeah i didn't beat it though i did I, the first one i did a stick of truth it was a good it was actually very good okay yeah so I, I picked fractured... up both, i think i got both of them for like 15 bucks yeah like both of them in a pack they're wow. surprisingly quality game yeah. well i i can only speak to stick of truth but yeah i've heard really good things about the fractured i mean there, there's hole. a very immature yeah. part of me that likes that humor and i was like this was at the time right before i was finishing outriders and i was like what's something fun and i was like indulging in adult humored <laughs> cartoons yes you know what's weird like let's go there it's a great idea i can't, I can't i've always meant to play that yeah you know, and I've, I've heard fractured but whole is actually better than stick of truth i've heard like, that yeah. from a gameplay that, perspective. that's marvel superheroes yeah yeah well uh, it's like angle. lord of the rings and it's avengers yeah. right yeah. right and what's funny it's that like oh man i something that like the south park games fit in such a weird because like the games that came out back in the day like on n64 it always felt like like a weirdly half-baked game yeah. with a south park like you know theme over it you know yeah. but like now with these games specifically i mean i only play i didn't play stick of truth i played fractured butthole right yeah um but when i was playing that game i also kind of felt like it was just really well-made flash game yeah, like, it I know. feels like Dude, a really I'm, well-made I'm cool game. with that. And here's the thing. I mean, we've been in like a, a South Park drought for like over a year. Yeah. So it, to me, I'm like, you know, the, the part of my brain that gets tickled by that kind of humor. I'm just like, yeah, like the, I feel, everything that I've heard is that these games are very faithful to like that style of humor and, and actually like achieve, you know, both good gameplay and good storytelling and humor like in the same way. So I was like, that's cool. The other game that I got, I did not start yet. And I'm a little bit more intimidated by it. And I specifically got it on Switch. Because I was like, I don't want to be allured by the trophy angle of it because I think it would just eat my smart, life. Smart. Was uh, Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch? Yeah. Mm. Did you ever play that? Yeah. I, it was a PS3 game. That's the second one, right? The first one. That's the first one. The second one's yeah. called Revenant King. Oh, so, yeah. I did play the first one. Yeah. yeah. Was I, it good? It's like a Pokemon game, right? It's, it's like a. It's you played like, it? Um, I played a little bit of it recently, actually. I think it's more like. Uh, persona or more like um but it's live it's like live action fighting and there's like yeah, yeah just right it is live action um 
Sure. Yeah. It's like Pokemon. You're you're catching the you're monsters. You're catching monsters and then using them in your battles, right? And like they can, can keep there's, one to like be your party member or something. Yeah, they're supposed to evolve and level up or something too. Interesting. It kind of lost me at a certain point. I got distracted and or I, there was a something that derailed me, but it was a beautiful, beautiful game. Yeah, I mean, I every time I see the cutscenes and stuff for it, I'm like, this looks really good, and yeah. it's Miyazaki or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Like maybe the maybe this is worth it. I think it could be fun. I haven't played like a a JRPG like that in a while, other than Octopath Traveler, which I still have like a hit or miss kind of thing going on. Mm. Um, and I was just like, you know, what? like it was on sale in the eShop for like ten bucks. It's normally like a fifty dollar game, so I was like ten bucks. Like, fuck yeah, that. I mean, know, why not? It's a worthy game to have. I I know the second one completely does away with the Pokemon angle. And just yeah, I heard the second one was actually bad. A standard. I put that a little bit. It it was fun for what it was, but it wasn't. You know, the the Pokemon angle sort of made it a little bit more unique. Put it into its own little. Gotcha. I don't know. More focus on the monsters, which is the fun part about Miyazaki. Gotcha. Yeah, so I kind of just like pocketed all three of those games as like, uh, you know, if if the mood strikes me or you sure. know, it seems like it's the kind of thing that could be fun. It's like, why not? Mm-hmm. Okay, so shall we get into the news, guys? Two big news stories this week. Uh, we'll start with the smaller one, and then we'll get into the the big the big dog, um, uh, the elephant in the room, or not in the room anymore. Talking about Liz? They're in somebody else's oh, room. Oh, with you. That's rude. <laughs> wow. Um, no. So, I didn't. I thought you were... We're sorry, Liz. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, how do I transition? <laughs> um, so first is the uh, clear indication. This week, articles have been released and rumors are pointing in the direction of PlayStation moving into Game Pass territory. Essentially, the news that has come out is that uh, they are closing PlayStation Now services in some capacity. Like, you can't buy subscription cards for it anymore. So it's like they're basically sunsetting that product. And the intention, and we talked about this a few uh, a few podcasts ago, is that they're going to fold that, those services into PS Plus, into a tiered service where you can get, like, a number of different things, including streamable right. games. So now it's just we've taken one further step in the direction of it actually happening with this sort of uh, de-emphasis, let's call it, on uh, PlayStation Now. And, uh, yeah, I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are if they've changed it all in the last couple of uh, weeks regarding a PlayStation Game Pass-type service. Yeah, there's just been more news that has, has come, about it, come out about it lately. Hmm. Um, I know Phil Spencer has commented on it too, and I kind of agree. Like it's, it's sort of inevitable. Yeah. Um, this feels like a case of the people have spoken, and yeah. the demand is there, and PlayStation's behind in this regard. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of like the I don't know, like financially responsible thing to do at this point because it's going to make your income way more predictable, and you know, there. <laughs> I don't know if there can be, like, this is a ridiculous statement, but, like, help me unpack this for a second. If a game comes out on Game Pass for free and you're building it off of the understood and and consistent recurring income off of your subscriber base, can games really flop anymore? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, if because you, if a game comes out and nobody plays it, it doesn't matter because you're still getting the subscription money anyway. Yeah, you know maybe. What I mean? I mean, it's weird to say, I don't know. There's multiple angles there. I mean, like the business model side, as far as like the manufacturers of like Sony and Microsoft coming out with like their own kind of like, uh, I don't know, Netflix like services. And that's what we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, like that does mean that it requires, I mean, there's a lot less risk, at least for the developer side. If they know that they're going to sell it for that specific purpose, they'll have a baseline, you know, income based off of this game that they're making. And for the, the, the the manufacturers or whatever the um like sony and microsoft they know for a fact like the subscription service is going to be paying them this much for the next month yeah and that does make them a little bit more it does allow them to be a little bit more flexible in their decision making i think for like future it removes so much risk it removes a lot of risk that's very true but Um, but then you run into the same issue that netflix is running into not an issue but like if you're xbox and you have a first party studio like we'll just use Bethesda and they come out with a game that flops. Yeah. Like that's still a big deal. Like that's resources yeah. that now your company's put against that yeah, that's to true. put up on your service. That's true. And it's- you can judge all these games based on 
how many subscribers did this game bring in like yeah. within this time period it is weird because like the value exchange is obviously there for the consumer but i i i start to question like what the actual like end goal is right is it to have people play massive amounts of game like lots of games and like be open to that or is it just to make sure that their attention is always glued to the console right it's what? like it's like I feel like Netflix has said this multiple times. It's like their biggest competitor is like Fortnite and the other things right. that are taking on your screen. It's like what? It's like who's winning the screen battle right now? And yeah. I feel like I I feel like in a lot of ways it's like I mean Game Pass as as a service, and we'll talk about Game Pass a little bit more in a moment. But it's like it's almost getting to a point, and it certainly will get to a point where it's almost impossible to avoid it. Like I. I don't know a single person right now that has an Xbox, anybody that has an Xbox that doesn't have Game Pass. I've not bought a game on Xbox yet. I've only played... Hmm. I just bought a game for $2.50 on Xbox. Good job. Well, Leave well now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, but there was... Not a triple A game. Like, not a launch game. Well, for what? Like, yeah. why would I do that? You know what I mean? I think the one thing that I'm a little wary of as everything starts to move into this, like, much more accessible, lower bar- barriers to entry kind of, like, marketplace, it does build interesting incentives for the developers right and not in necessarily a good way because like you don't necessarily as you were saying like is there going to be a point is there going to be like an inflection point where the quality of games will go down because it's like i know how much money i'm going to be making you know and like does that i mean i don't know if that's going to happen halo seems amazing you know like i really love halo and all the games that come out seem like everybody in that development studio is putting in a lot of effort and time so it hasn't happened yet but like at what point is it like well you work for at microsoft we're gonna give you 500 grand for this game so just pop it out it's because we can go in game pass so we can keep people attentive yeah i mean that it's definitely a like it could be a problem that leads into our you know the next topic and yeah you know there's a lot of a lot of things involved there but yeah. it's a, it's just such an interesting discussion what are uh, they going with for? well with game pass they it feels like they crunched the numbers and they figured out an equation that said a user's time on our platform is worth X amount of dollars per minute, no matter what they're doing. Yeah. And game pass has been the most efficient tool to get those people onto that platform. And the math works out. Like, it just works out that when you're in that ecosystem, Mm. You they are you are making Microsoft. I, I also think it's a long play because I mean so yes. one one of the podcasts that I listen to they really examine the specific words that people say. So one of the interesting parts about Microsoft is that they are a public company, right? So Phil Spencer, being the CEO of Xbox, right, he has a financial obligation or like he, or there's a word for this a certain type of obligation to the financial stakeholders of the company where he can't lie. Like publicly. And what I mean is like, so when he talks about Game Pass, like if he says Game Pass is profitable, it has to be profitable. But he's never once said it's profitable. He said it's sustainable, which means they're definitely not making money off of Game Pass. They're definitely like just creating as much incentive as possible to, to make it like impossible not to have it. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like, like I said, I don't know a single person that has an Xbox that doesn't have Game Pass, but it's almost to the point where, like, you know, I'm talking to my grown adult father-in-law who doesn't play video games, and then he is beginning to understand the value proposition that Game Pass offers, and he's like, well, that sounds like something I would even be interested in. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, imagine having every cutting-edge game at your disposal for a- approximately a Netflix subscription. Do you think they... Do you think they shot them? Yeah, well, I agree. Do you think they shot themselves in the foot by pricing it at like fifteen bucks a month? No, because well, they can bump the price whenever they want. I don't well, think people would scoff. Well, they did that, was, that, didn't they? Didn't they try to do that? And then people were like pissed at. No, that was the gold membership or some shit, right? Yeah. I they, there was that weird controversy right? over the pricing, yeah. but I did read an article recently that was going into the pros and cons of again our our next topic, but uh, it involves Game Pass and like Game Pass. It's inevitable, like with the acquisitions that Xbox is making yeah. and the type of content that is now going to be accessible on Game Pass, it has to go up. I mean, it makes sense to go yeah. up. Yeah. Like, so let, let's just kick that off yeah. into the next topic because it's kind of unavoidable to talk about it at this point. Uh, and it will definitely be the title of this podcast. But obviously the big news 
of the last two days is Xbox has acquired Activision Blizzard in their entirety in a 68.9 billion, 68.7 billion dollar cash deal. Cash deal. Where they bought this company. Now, this has obviously rocked basically every you know news outlet that's out there and i feel like every gamer that knows who they are activision blizzard are like what the fuck like like this is this is the biggest move in games that's ever been made it's funny just last week we were talking about like uh the biggest acquisition zynga Zynga, yeah and And now it's like uh microsoft is like i'm just gonna dump seven percent of my entire wealth into this right now yeah it's 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 unprecedented i've been reading a lot about it because people have had some i wanted to get the lay of the land you know because yeah i had a weird feeling about it when i saw the news we were talking about it too and like a lot of people feel this way too that even when they got bethesda people were sort of cheering for xbox like they were like yeah xbox doing something righting the wrongs because you know xbox has been sort of behind the eight ball in a lot of different ways this has sort of rocked uh, the landscape a little bit. This is not a uh, Bethesda was a big deal. This is this is Call of Duty. This is Overwatch. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is Diablo. This is, this is Diablo. These are huge, huge titles that are multi-platform yeah. games Destiny. and are grandfathered into the Destiny. industry. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to even fathom. Like whoa, uh, pause. They own Bungie again. Did the, no. I did not no, but Bungie split from Activision. Oh, that's uh, right. But that's right. it was close. It was a close I, call. I was like, Can no, you? But they do have, but they do have Destiny. Yes, Destiny they have. Is Activision? They published. have Destiny again. It's just that I would mean, be fucking crazy. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I feel like if you if Halo you put Infinite all two. if you put all the revenue for all the games and consoles, you'd have a section for Microsoft, section for Sony, section for huge section for mobile, and yeah. then Nintendo, and then there's like Call of Duty. You know, like, Call of Duty is its own chunk. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about this in our chat, but it's like, so NPD is this reporting group that sends out, like, the top top game sales for every platform every month. And every month, without a doubt, doesn't matter. It does not matter what time of year it is. It's always Call of Duty. Call of Duty is always number one on, on NPD. It's like... It's so impossibly rare that that changes. I think the one time it changed was when Spider-Man came out. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's always Call wow. of Duty. Like, it, it is unbelievable the amount of leverage that that brand, that that IP has over the industry as a whole. It's it's insane. Everybody knows a dude bro Call of Duty guy. Everybody knows the dude bro Call of Duty guy. You know, I don't know why. And I'm not sure why we didn't talk about it. But, like... When Activision was going through its like roughest moments last year with the whole you know uh, in working coworker space with all that crazy shit and people were getting dropped like left and right by whatever off the board or whatever yeah like I don't know why I didn't you know, we didn't think about like the idea of like oh yeah no they're getting primed for for a buyout a buyout like of course like of course I like mean, they're it, such a powerful company and all you would need to do is turn the tides of the press well, and it, how would you do that you lop off the head and uh, replace it with Microsoft. It's, it's kind of the cleanest break. I mean, that that is the the dovetailed piece of information that comes along with this, where it's like obviously Activision Blizzard has been embroiled in controversy for the last month plus, you know, of uh, you know, sexual impropriety allegations and all that. Yeah, and it's like the how how do you cleanly break that other than change of ownership? Yeah, right. And then what's the first thing that we're going to do? We're going to replace the CEO because we own this company now. Yeah, like right. it's. And it is the cleanest transition possible. And the, what and a the, great payday for yeah. those fuckers. Well, let's talk about buying low, too. I mean, yeah. like, this is not a company at the top of its game. <laughs> that's, what, that's what, yeah, yeah. buy the dip, baby. <laughs> you, know, you know what the funniest part is? Like, it's, you know, it's funny to look at things in retrospect. But after the whole, like, Activision blow-up thing, Phil Spencer was quoted saying, we need to reevaluate our relationship with I was with just Activision. thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so he's thinking we need to reevaluate our relationship with activision i.e we're straight up buying yeah. you out. Like, <laughs> that's and, hilarious and it's, that was at a point oh, where we were looking for and we as like the in, uh, industry community looking for these big names to come out and speak out against yeah. blizzard like say something negative and xbox was like Meh, you know yeah. we'll, we'll think we you know reevaluate our relationship whatever that means yeah, yeah like we're thinking about it and now 
you can kind of, I mean, this has been in the works for a long time. Oh yeah. Like this is not a, a small deal. Like, um, 60, close to $69 billion. Billion dollars. How, how many like you lawyers have to say that, that it, with your pinky in the air? It sort of, it just, it just rocks the landscape of what video, what it, like what the video game industry even means. Like that's yeah. the scale we're talking about, which yeah. is so, I mean, it's the biggest, that might be one, it's the biggest deal in video game history. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And, uh, so so now I think in the in the wake of this, it's like how do we, like what do we think that this is really going to cause or stir up, right? Because now, obviously the biggest thing is what happens to these IPs. Like obviously they're going to launch right. day and date on Game Pass, which is insane. Like every Call of Duty campaign day and date on Game Pass. I mean. Do I think that Call of Duty is going to be exclusive to Xbox? I I doubt it. No. I, it's too big, man. That, it's like it's making too much money on its own. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, I feel like even PlayStation would gladly give their 60% of the profit to Microsoft if they are taking 30% of their highest selling game every year, like hand over I mean, fist. they would I, have to be. Like, I think it'll be exclusive. You'd be hurt. You think so? Yeah. I think, oh, man. Well, it's know. weird. I feel like Xbox has been playing these both sides of the table both sides of the coin kind of like a game I, where- I see them for the next year kind of letting the next one is one coming out or is one at, one just came out vanguard just came out yeah so, yeah what whatever yeah. <laughs> so, so this one comes out you know they keep it on both systems for as long as they want but and then i don't know Warzone season two or i'm sure they're well beyond season two but um I think when the next one comes out, I think it just gets phased out of PlayStation altogether. I mean, we'll we'll certainly see. I, I but I don't. It would be hard for me to believe that, and like because Call of Duty itself is is so big of an entity. It's like I I just can't imagine. I mean, Microsoft right now they're like dipping their toes into like Nintendo, like Switch, like it's selling what I guess Minecraft is kind of like one of them, right? Well, th- that's the key thing. It's like I, I, I see my. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go for it. I see my Xbox username and avatar on my switch you know what i mean like so they're there now there's a chance with especially with this activision and blizzard like acquisition that is such a gigantic entity that uh, that encompasses or rather it folds in so many different platforms that it would be hurting the franchise if it was just one console so it's like in microsoft's camp they're like i want my fingers in everybody's pie you yeah. know what i mean i mean the scale comparison wise it the the main thing that we can look at is their deal with mojang like when they bought minecraft like they even made a statement where they're like we're not we're not doing anything to this you know what i mean we're not like taking things away from other people like you there's still a ps4 version of minecraft i don't i don't think they made a ps5 version but they still supported every other platform mobile switch except like i think it came out on switch after that deal took place so i've yeah, you know this like it, war it, sorry i was like if it were if it were an evergreen game like that like Warzone. So maybe Warzone sticks around and yeah. continues, but then they come out with a new one. And I think they're... Because if we go back to what I was saying before, if we're just talking about eyeballs on Xbox systems, like they don't care about... They don't really care about the sales or even the microtransactions. Yeah. It's like that's one entity of a giant ecosystem beast yeah. that they're creating with Xbox and Game Pass. Yeah. So that's gonna that's still going to be a drop in the... That it's just a small slice of the pie. But when, so to give that, even to give that piece to PlayStation yeah, or other systems, it's I, not needed. I agree, but I would also say like there's a point at which you own every major studio, and all those studios are pumping out games, and it doesn't matter where they place because you're getting the money anyway, and regardless, right? Because they're you want them to do well. Like if Microsoft right now isn't just Xbox, it's almost as if Xbox is just a streaming device at this point or like a fucking one game box, but they're like on PC and they're dipping their toes into other consoles. They flipped the script this generation from being like a PlayStation versus Xbox versus Nintendo to a Xboxes in everything. You know what I mean? It's like, how do we, how do we transcend that war? We become both sides, but you don't see like Witcher on other streaming platforms, you know, like they keep everything in house for a reason to bring those people to their subscription model. Yeah, and I mean I th- I think there's there's something to that and I think you know it it's just such a different situation because of the scale that we're talking about here. I mean 
I don't even think that this would necessarily be part of the equation, but I mean, they they can't even satiate the demand for Series X's right now. Every time they go on sale, they sell out. Yeah. So maybe part of the equation is, well, do we pull it or do we, you know, what do they sell? Like 5 million PS5s already? They're like, well, we could also tap those 5 million PS5 people, you know, that chose that over an Xbox, yeah. you know, and then, and then we get both, you know like, what I mean? And all they have to do is like, l- like let it happen, you know. Like, can you imagine at a point? I feel like, I feel like. Sorry, last point. I feel like Sony would almost be quicker to reject having it on their platform because they don't want to give right. them the money or it. something. Because right. like they, they have They're to maintain their their thing. Like, imagine if Netflix had a bunch of these studios with amazing IPs that everyone loved, and let's say any of the other stream services didn't have that accessibility and then Netflix just is like, okay, well, we're trying to get as much screen time as possible anyway. Let's make a deal. I'm going to give you our content and then now we're going to be in Hulu and HBO and Paramount Plus and Disney or whatever and they're getting monies from all of those, like uh, all those stream services. So now they're like exponentially growing their, their viewership by allowing other people to take on their stuff. I mean, at what point does it become more of like a massive conglomerate like a massive it, studio conglomerate. Yeah, sort of two different approaches. Right? Uh, because you're also <laughs> lifting... Excuse me. You're lifting all of them up too, though. Right. You know, you're lifting their portfolios and potentially, you know, kickstarting them to do to take the crown from you. But right. now they're also Maybe. relying on you. They you are also... I mean? Yeah, I mean, you it's own a, the, the IPs. Like, you own those IPs, but, like, there's always... Like, Apple TV Plus has one thing that I want that yeah. I wanted to watch and Ted Lasso. Hmm. But every time I went on there, I saw other shows like that yeah. I had no idea mm-hmm. about that. Let's say Ted Lasso was owned by Netflix. Like yeah. now I'm going to Apple and seeing all these other shows that they made, yeah. you know, and all those eyeballs were brought to me by Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. certainly an interesting situation. Probably interesting. one angle that I want to explore a little bit more is the blizzard situation. Cause blizzard man, like th- to me, that seems like, such a weird such a weird company to like have external ownership over you know yeah. what i mean like they've always like and i know that they've been it's owned like a by rock Activision star for a while that's a, that's what i mean like like blizzard has like their own launcher yeah. with battlenet like they have their own like ecosystem of like characters and ip like it's so strange to think that like World of Warcraft, like those characters, right? Sylvanas and all this stuff, like those are Microsoft IP now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Tracer is going to be on the the box of an Xbox. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's such a strange thing. Isn't to she me. already? What? Overwatch, yeah, yeah. It's just weird. I, I guess Overwatch is kind of on everything. I, I I guess it's just the ownership angle of it is so bizarre to me. Like, yeah, it's like I wonder if they're going to have any influence over the content because I mean, if they're smart, I mean, I, I honestly don't know whether or not it would help or not help, but like, I mean, would, would you let the studios do their own thing? Probably. I mean, they're making money, right? It's like they, they own the best selling franchises of all time. now. they I, literally have all, of them. I not think all of them, if, you know, a lot of them. if they're smart, Activision, I think has had issues for a long time. Um, outside of, like all of the stuff that's going on has probably affected some of you know the games, but yeah, they've had so many issues between like their latest titles, Diablo three and Diablo four, and like yeah, all of their launches, they have a lot of hits, but seems like they're primed for new management. That's what I mean. <laughs> like you take these, you keep the core, but you clean house. Like you keep the people that really made Diablo, Diablo. They're still yeah. there, and you bring back the people that that may have left, and you you kind of make this a functioning company again so here here's the thing that i that my mind goes to right it's like like where does sony how does sony respond to something like this because they they are the competitors like they are the ones going head to head sony and microsoft right and i feel like the the one direction that they could go is like they could try to meet this competition which is to say they launch their game pass service they do this whole thing and they try to continue to you know uh what's the word when you're fighting each other compete Duel. um there's a i don't know why i need this one word <laughs> what, what, what letter uh, is it? What, about if they continue to like that's the word is that the word <laughs> I, I think that might be i don't word. think i mean that is a word 
whatever. Tip for tat, like a something like that. Whatever. Tatty. I'm losing the plot here. So, <laughs> if like if they choose to continue to like compete against them in that way. I mean, to me, it's like you're kind of dooming yourself. Yeah, yeah they I can't think, fight like that. I think the other direction that you go is you become more of a Nintendo. You lean super hard on the IP that you have. You lean super hard on your game development prowess, which is what they have. You know what I mean? Like Sony Santa Monica, like this next God of War game is going to be a banger. There's no way it's not yeah. going to be a banger. You know what I mean? Like whatever the next thing insomnia comes out with is gonna be a banger and the next thing that sucker punch comes out with yeah. is gonna be a banger like there's no way that like these companies these companies are too talented to not release killer killer games and to me it's almost like those titles will begin to exist in the capacity of not equivalent but in the capacity of a zelda a mario you know what i mean like could God of War be their Mario? Could, you know, uh, Ghost of Tsushima or whatever the equivalent be be their next Zelda? You know what I mean? Like, because the Nintendo model is like, they're not trying to compete with anybody. They're just trying to make really excellent titles that you can't play elsewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like They the, live like, on their own island because they've insulated themselves so well. Like a very Japanese thing to do. Yeah. And then you look at PlayStation and they're just getting suffocated right now because they played on the same playing field as Xbox, but they beat the shit out of them during the PS4 and the Xbox. Uh, yeah. You want to say Series X, the Xbox One era, right? Yeah. And it's like, and now Xbox just came up with this game plan of like, oh, right, I forgot. We got a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the, I think they went through a cycle of like the, oh, hey, we made all of these studios and tried to develop games and most of them failed. Right. So clearly we don't have nope. the chops to figure this out. So we're just going to go outsource. You know what and I mean? It's funny because right. I said this before. It's not with, a bad play. I mean, it's. Uh, I said this before with Amazon and Google and when they threw their hats in the ring and how it felt like they were like way off the target because they didn't really understand the gaming industry. And my thought was, oh, so you can't just buy a good you know, uh, platform slash studio and like make it happen. But like Xbox has been very systematically picking off like the, the fuck the big hitters, like the triple a hitters out of there. And it's just, it feels yeah. like they're building a team that will just inevitably squash anybody who doesn't join them. So, I mean, and that's, that's sort of the, the, the dark side of this. Like there's, yeah. there is a benefit for consumers in there, at least in the short term. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably there's still going to be good there's going to be good games that come out. Yeah. But the dark side of this is Microsoft Xbox is huge. Yeah, now. monopolies are not a good and thing. This like, the, there's been a consolidation, a real consolidation in the industry that's been happening for the past you yeah. know five years at least. Those who are Dude, successful, it, <laughs> it, it makes me nervous about other about other companies. You know what I mean? Because it's like you think about here. I, I want to find this. Jeff Keeley put out a, a tweet like a day or so ago does it go i mean i don't know what the tweet is but it does it have something to do along it does it fall in line with this idea of like anybody who wants to re-enter into the market at this point basically is just hoping that xbox funds their way or something like that well no it's like so what he did was he put out here we go remaining independent developers yes yeah, remaining independent developers Ooh. which is like scary it's a short list when you think about it and when you look at how much they're worth it's like it's kind of like Damn, uh, why like, wouldn't you just buy them well this is what i'm saying yeah. like it, depending on the situation that those companies were in and like i look at these and it's like everyone kind of like makes me like a little sad because i'm like i don't want to see this happen to them you know what i mean like i like the sort of independent you know drive that some of these companies get just to give you a quick list you want to go from most expensive to least expensive or least expensive to most expensive go least okay least is sega 3.6 billion i thought nintendo i guess not Nintendo. I thought they. I don't know why I thought that they bought them. It's no. funny that we're. Well, go on. Finish. I have so, a... Sega, Capcom, Square Enix, Konami, Ubisoft, Netmarble, who I don't know who that is, Embracer, uh, Bandai Namco, Nexon, <laughs> Take Two, and EA. Mm. That's who's EA. left. Interesting. That's, that's who's left. I can see EA. Isn't that there. crazy? That is crazy. It's weird to call them independent studios to me. I know. Uh, it's like cute. it doesn't. Those those terms don't really line up for me, but. Yeah, I mean, that's huge, and that's or Valve. Valve is another one, but I don't think Valve would ever sell. They're they're probably they're rolling in Steam money, yeah, baby. I think like good. they don't. I think what what have they put out recently besides like Alex? It's just bizarre because there's there's like 
eight huge fish that have been in the sea for so long. Yeah. And one just ate another one. Like, it's just gone. It's, it's <laughs> that's, just, a good, that's a good analogy. It just, I, I don't, there, there are movies that are like where one Titan kills another Titan or something, but yeah. it, it's like, it feels like there's a void now in a weird way to me. I know this is just my kind of gut level reaction to all yeah. this, but it, it feels strange. I, I think it's the Blizzard portion that has me the most concerned because those are the games that I actually give a shit about. Yeah. I haven't played a Call of Duty game in a decade. Yeah. Like it, it's just not relevant to me right. personally. And I know I'm in the minority on that, I, but I don't think any of us have really put any actual attention into a Call of Duty game in like five years. No, I always 10 years. Yeah, I stayed off of that bandwagon. The, the last one I think I seriously put any attention into is Modern Warfare 2. And that was like sophomore year of college. So like, it's been a decade. You know what I mean? So the Ubisoft thing is is pretty inconsequential. I mean, I like some of their fringe France. I'm literally playing Spyro. You, Spyro is an Activision property now. Yeah. Spyro, Crash, Tony Hawk, you know. All of those things exist in there. But, you know, for the most part, it's like, could I live without those franchises? Sure. Not that I'll have to. I mean, I'll, if if they decide to make stuff on Game Pass, like I'm obviously there. But Ubisoft isn't under that wing as well. Is that how do you mean? Is, you just said Ubisoft. No. Did I say Ubisoft? Yeah. Did you mean Activision? Activision. Okay. In Activision, I was like, is no, okay. In, in Activision's world, I'm saying though, like Activision's games are not of much consequence in my gaming okay. personality. So like, it doesn't feel like that much of a of a loss. I, if we're calling it a loss, it feels like a loss. I know what you're saying. Uh, but it's the Blizzard stuff that just has me spun. It's just so weird because like those games, in my mind, have always existed as PC-centric, like totally isolated, you know, gar- uh, what you call it, stone garden type shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it just has a different feel. It's like, I mean, here's another metaphor or analogy or whatever uh you're playing risk right it's like yeah your friend takes over your other friend and they're they're gone or they're and it's like those countries are still there they're still producing the same games well but it's but now it's just one massive army you just starve out the other i mean you starve out the competition easily at xbox at any point or microsoft at this point it could be like meh, we don't want to have any of our games on your PlayStation anymore. And then PlayStation's like, okay, cool. I got God of War and the From Software games. And uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. build incentive to buy into Sony anymore. It's, which a, is, it's a dangerous thing. And, you know, you want more competition, not less competition. And, right. I yeah. mean, and then eventually, like, do you remember the times? I mentioned this in the chat before. Do you remember the times when there was like 20 different airlines to choose from? And now there's like three. Yeah. And now all of this, yeah. all of the um, experiences are more or less standard by a very specific margin. And it's like, this is just what it is now. Like, I, you wouldn't want that in a creative industry. Like, and I'm sure games. there's all those. Right. And I'm sure there's deals happening behind the curtains that are like you know we'll keep it here I, right i mean this is illegal but you yeah. know it's like it happens though you know sure. sort of a, a wink and a nod like yeah. you know this is the price we're gonna set this is what we're gonna do i guess it's also like the quality thing where it's like you know do you really feel like you know will we see quality of games slip and i i feel like the answer is maybe and just like it- to, to your example it's like you know if you're if you're an independent company right you own all your successes. It's like you make a banger of a game and it sells out like crazy. You are profiting. Even from like a business perspective, it's like that's your money. You did it. You know what I mean? Like you and your company achieved this thing. But now it's like, well, no, you achieved it for your boss. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. It's like it's less of your victory. You know what I mean? And like and, would, would that change incentives? I mean, I, I don't know. Well, if you're – and if you're – a developer and you're on game pass now you're not even getting you're not even getting the, the revenue numbers yeah, you're like yeah. hey you got you X know downloads you got five hundred thousand downloads and which three hundred thousand of them actually played it which yeah and, and then they played it right and we got x number of subscriptions that month so like hey good job and you're like okay like, I, this means nothing here's yeah, the same the, here's your here's your bonus for that for getting the game out and then yeah. you know it gets going on the next one that's what, what i'm saying what's the metrics now like it changes What's the goal? The goal is changing. Like, well, I really don't understand. Like, I mean, you. So, it's not all bad from the, the developer perspective. You get you get security there. Yeah. Um, there's security. a lot of volatility volatility when you're an indie developer. So, if you're part of the Microsoft 
network, you're like, hey, we'll give you a, a lot of money to make the game you want, but we get most of the profit. But I also think that that's so cool because it forces those companies to do dynamic, interesting, creative things. Yeah. Like I, like I think about Capcom and it's like, you know, Capcom has like a, a, a pretty narrow scope of the types of games that they make. So it's like, you know, they want Street Fighter to be a thing. Well, now they have to make the Capcom Pro Tour so they can get more people excited about playing Street Fighter to sell more copies of Street Fighter and get them to buy the season passes and all this sort of shit. So it's like, that's like a scrappy kind of thing to do. And I, I like that. You know what I mean? And then when they get a banger like Monster Hunter World, it's like, yes, like you fucking did yeah. it. You know what I mean? Help this inform more games that you make like this. You know what I mean? Do you think... I don't know. Weird, like, out of left field thought. But do you think that these business models are starting to crop up after the whole microtransactions business models because video games aren't increasing in price day, like year over year? Like, I, I guarantee that that has something to do with. Like, you have, a, I have a feeling like the base, the ceiling for buying games has probably been met five years ago and now companies are just scrambling trying to figure out how they can make these amazing games that people want but at the same time make money off of it so they can continue to work and so there's there's been some interesting math in the background yeah like what would games be priced with inflation who is the sony guy who you met oh walker no the 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 ceo guy oh um what the hell is his name why do I always try? Sean Layden? Yes. Oh, there you go. Wow. Sean, good, yeah. Good job. <laughs> the guy you met. I yeah. know. Um, he was. He got kicked out right after that. Yeah. yeah so weird. Sean Layden, during one of the E3 conferences, like one of his famous quotes before the end of his career was, he was like, "We need to make shorter games." He's like, "It is. It is not financially feasible to make a hundred-hour game and sell it for sixty dollars." He's like, "It's just not." It's not yeah. feasible. I mean, games are only getting more expensive. I think games, like the average cost of like a AAA game is something in excess of like $5 million, $10 million. It's nuts. But in defense, the industry itself has been widening, I wouldn't say exponentially, but very fast over the past 10 to 15 years. Like yeah. the amount of people that are now in video games or uh, like playing video games now is much grander than it was 15 years ago. Also true. And you also have the digital market exploding so like the production costs there just you know it's different i I still think even just from an inflation perspective like like dollar for for dollar you know probably one is definitely out running the other yeah and i don't know i think people are kind of like frozen in their minds where it's like 60 bucks 70 bucks yeah you can't charge 70 dollars for returnal you out of your mind (laughs) so just wait xbox is just gonna snuff out playstation they're gonna let nintendo live and they're gonna be like game pass a hundred dollars a month i bet you every time somebody says like oh yeah it's gonna drop on game pass for free xbox is like yep (laughs) yeah they for free exactly yeah keep paying that subscription model they love it wow that's a great point we our brains are just wired to ignore a subscription. Exactly. Yeah. That is exactly the point. I don't put a dollar amount on the Netflix, on the Netflix uh, content. If you I asked have. me, if you said I will give you a hundred thousand dollars, <sighs> Alex, I will give you a hun- <laughs> I will give you a hundred thousand dollars if you can tell me exactly how much money you spent on Netflix last year. Well, I, I wouldn't. I would win because I use someone else's subscription. Zero <laughs> <laughs> But also, but you, you, know you can like, do that math pretty easily. I don't actually know what I'm getting charged for Netflix. No, I, I actually be, don't know. That, oh. This is why, for you know, decades, people have done subscription models because it just it's there and you forget about it and you die and it still goes on. Uh, you know what's and, funny though? Game Pass. <laughs> it's just, Game Pass was something that I felt like when I first got it, it was an indulgence, and I was like. Like, this is, like, I don't need this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that that was how I approached it originally. So I only ever, and it's funny because I, I felt the same way about PS Plus. I only ever bought it when it was on sale, like, steeply on sale. And I still do that. I don't think I've paid full price for Game Pass a single time. Like, I think I've paid sub $20 for three-month hmm. chunks since I've, and I've had it for, like, two years i don't don't know yeah dude that's interesting to think about subscription models now in my head being predatory almost you know what i mean it's like it's a way to sneak under the radar so that people don't really know but your value exchange mm, it's like it's weirdly like a wolf in sheep's clothing it's like yeah we're getting money from you every month man you're not feeling it at all yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can increase the price by five dollars, and, you're all these and you'll games for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And dude, and, God, it's weird. I like. I thought it was like almost like a 
like uh i don't know like something righteous but it's kind of it's kind of no, man, they, they tap the vein could you yeah. imagine turning on your xbox and not having game pass on it yeah it would just be a box <laughs> but <laughs> there'd be no game there it's an undeniable value though yeah. you know I, it's yeah, it's hard to get around for the consumer uh, and well, they, the reality is is like it's it's what if the, if you play one triple a game on game pass twice a year if they release two triple a games in one year you've made your money back if you play yeah. two triple a games at launch within one calendar year right because it's like what 90 bucks 100 bucks for the year 15 like times 12 what is that 10 it's 100 and a and a triple a game that you would have purchased otherwise yeah exactly like i'm like I've, wouldn't have... I've for sure spent more money on playstation games in a year than i've spent on game pass that's a good point you know yeah. what i mean there's no way that that's I a good haven't. point uh that's a very really but good point. you did spend that two dollars on that other game so <laughs> you gotta add that into the equation and you know what's funny i already own that game <laughs> but I but I wanted to see if they did an HD upres, and oh you know what God. they did. It was Time Splitters too. Oh, right. good Time purchase. You know what mm. I'm saying? Mm. Who and owns yeah, that company? Who makes that? Uh, that was Free Radical, and they are dead now. They're dead. <laughs> totally yes. dead. Well, who, the, someone's got to own that IP. Uh, the last yeah, so the they government. They remade. <laughs> Xbox you. buys the government uh, here we to go. get the Time Splitters Home IP. Front the Revolution video game. I really do wonder how much xbox brings in deep silver deep silver oh, okay that makes sense. okay um i really do wonder like you know how playstation how sony was like oh yeah we're making tvs but we're gonna do this video game thing on the side and then video games were like the golden goose and they're like okay cool we're a video game company uh, manufacturer now and like tvs microsoft? are like no that's sony right mm. i do wonder what microsoft's like you, you still know, didn't watch that Microsoft documentary. I haven't watched it. Do they tell you? It's going to blow your mind when right. you watch it. All it's right. really good. I actually started rewatching it again, and I'm like, dude, this is so good. Like For everybody listening, there's a YouTube series about Xbox. No, i got to watch it too. Both of you guys are Let's fucking watch it up, together. man. It's so good. It's yeah. really probably the best documentary I've seen in a while. Granted, it's like exactly speaking our language, but it's going to make you like Xbox a million times more. Promise. Wow. Promise you. Wow, if I couldn't like Xbox more now, <laughs> <laughs> like they just got me uh, in the feels category. Uh, yeah, but sorry, sorry, you were saying. No, I'm just wondering like the division of like where their revenues are coming in from. How is Phil Spencer getting so much money from Big Daddy Bill Gates over there? How is he like, yo, this is going to pay off in the Dude, big runs? It was a like, fight. Like it's, all of this is talked about in the documentary. Like when they first started getting Xbox, the long and the short of it is when they first started getting Xbox, uh, there was a specific team on Microsoft that was like, hey, I think we can make like the the direct x team they're like i think we can make like video games of this and we really want to make video games but like we don't want to work on you know other stuff so they pitched an idea to uh to bill gates and he was just like he got so pissed at them he's like are you he's like we're a company that makes product uh people more productive like we are mastered computers and we are software people we are not hardware people software people do not make hardware blah 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 blah, blah. and he like flipped the fuck out on him and it was like what the hell and then sony before the ps2 came out they at one of their conferences at ces they were like the playstation 2 is going to be the strongest computer you've ever seen in your life and it's going to be powered by the emotion engine and everybody that you know could be interested in games is going to have one of these powerful machines in their living room and bill gates ears perked up and he was like they're putting computers in the living room yeah <laughs> and, then, and then these guys were like so i think we could do it and he's like all right prove it but you watch the documentary it's very very that cool. sounds awesome yeah it's like very that. good oh definitely and then he that. like oh my god and it was so funny because then when they were making he was just like yes yeah, so you could put windows on and he's like yeah but we want like a stripped down version of windows and he's like are you kidding me he's like this is my company like what are you talking about and they're like eh, sorry and then they make it uh they steal the code for windows like the the kernel and then like break it down and make their own version of it and don't tell them and then like as it starts to get developed they're like okay so you got to meet with the office team and then the office team is like this is why we think word processors should be on your xbox and he was just like you do not get it <laughs> oh my god it, it's uh, really a fantastic documentary that's amazing yeah it's really good love that they have ex uh sony like ceos on those on that documentary being like oh yeah like we were scared we didn't know what to do <laughs> like, wow that's so I, cool I, this is what i said when i was like it's super honest like they're on there every old ceo of microsoft like even the dude who was there when they made the connect like he's just like He's like, yeah, like I tried something and it did not work. And he's like, and people kind of hated us for it. And they had a lot of damage. That's not Metric, after. right? When it was, was Don Metric, yeah. Because <laughs> he, he was also the TV guy. And he was like, we thought that this was the right thing to do to make it all about TV. And 
totally missed the mark. Yeah. It, like, it's a really, really good documentary. Cool. All right. I'm Who makes it? That. Who made the documentary? Yeah. Microsoft. Oh, Microsoft made that. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. It's, it's on their official YouTube channel. I'll send you guys the link after this. It's really good. Yeah. I think my dad might be enjoying that. Dude, he definitely would. Yeah. Uh, the the red ring episode is probably the best one because that 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 one is like they're like they knew all along well they did know and 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 they totally lay it out there they're like listen this is what the deal is they're like we had to make an xbox and he's like when you're in hardware manufacturing he's like you know what the funny thing about hardware manufacturing is christmas never moves yeah and he's like and if you miss christmas you're dead yeah (laughs) so he's like so we're hitting Christmas. Yeah. So they're like not they so like so the processors that ran the Xbox, they only got like I think they said like three months before it hit the production line. So they didn't test it at all. They just got them and put them into production. Wow. And I... then they said that their failure rate, so I mean like with our company, the failure rate's like sub two percent. Right. They were like it was over fifty percent. What? So all of so all of the dead ones, they called it the bone pile. They were like, We're just gonna <laughs> leave these in the bone pile and try to fix them later and we're gonna get the other you know, all these other consoles out. And it was even worse because they had this like, me- like, and what's funny is you're going to see these videos and you're going to be like, Oh my God, I remember this. They had an entire event called day zero. That was like this, the most unbelievable launch party for a console you've ever seen in your life. And they were like, we, like we're everybody that comes to this is walking away with a 360, and we barely have enough to like stuff these trucks full of them. Wow. So like it, it's, they were so scrappy and they were like, that's, amazing yeah and then as they go into that and then it gets so bad and then they talk about like the coffins that you're sending your xboxes back in and they were like and they were like and when people would send it back and we told them we would fix it they're like we didn't know how to fix it we didn't even know what the problem was <laughs> wow <laughs> so, yeah it's it's great that's amazing it's also very humbling to know that companies that big can still be yeah. that scrappy oh i mean God, you dude. just got to do it it's, it's got to do it that's it's business great and then then when they get into like Phil Spencer's onboarding as like CEO, it's like he was such he was so perfectly tuned in his like position and expertise to be transitioned into that role. And it was a big gamble on their part because he had like very little experience in certain Where fields. did Phil Spencer come from before? He worked at Microsoft. Oh, okay. He was born there. I <laughs> he's Bill Gates' son. Yeah. yeah. Um you guys should really watch the yeah, documentary. Watch that. I think I think if you get into the first episode, you will be hooked. Through. Yeah, like there's only six episodes, and they're each about forty minutes long. It is some okay. of the best Dude. documentary that you will watch ever. It's so good. I loved all the YouTube videos that would break down like companies' backstories, like Rockstar or even Blizzard, and they would like talk from the very beginning of like these two guys met up in college and then went out to make right. these videos. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. This is yeah. great. This old black and white photo. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is all that. This is all that. And dude, and you're gonna see some of this stuff like as a, a hardware manufacturer you're gonna be like dude we have to start their own parties like this we have to start like dude it, it's great okay it's great uh anyway All we've been going parties. for a while now so let's uh let's cut it off uh i'm sure we'll, this is not the end of this story we will be talking yeah. more about xbox and yeah. the activision acquisition this was a really good conversation i really enjoyed are, it are they now called microsoft activision blizzard king king was the last one <laughs> we forgot to mention that they also got Candy Crush in this whole thing, so that's <sighs> whoa, is that wild? Jesus, Microsoft, just that probably paid their seventy billion back or whatever. Jeez. All right. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll wrap for now. Hopefully next week we'll see Liz. Uh, but for now, thank you, Alex, and thank you, Justin. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Justin. You're welcome. <laughs> and we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah.